Hey, what's up, everybody? Jay Ping here, checking in. Respect my region, Buddy's Brand. Here today to do another North American Weed Tour podcast. Today we have episode 43 featuring special guest, man, Grant Patterson. What's going on, bro? How are you doing? What's good, Joey? How are you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing well. I really appreciate you being a guest on today's show. Um, yeah. Everybody, Grant is the CEO and founder of the Cannabis Library. He, uh, he is widely respected across the Southern United States, the Midwest, as well as the YouTube uh, interwebs for his work as a cannabis CBD Delta 8, Delta 9 cannabinoid reviewer. He is uh, well known uh, again for his perspectives on the Delta 8 uh, and CBD products that are in the market. Products that are really under um, undereducated uh, un people are underinformed on these products, and Grant, you've really taken it upon yourself to help the customers, to help the people in non-cannabis legal states uh, yeah. to get educated on these kind of things. So, um, yeah, definitely, it's there's a lot of people still out there that don't have access to legal cannabis, or they're in a state where it's medical, and a lot of these medical states don't have a lot of options. So, what you got there? This is actually a Delta 9 joint, man. Oregon Sweet Gum. I got okay. this at the Chicago Expo where we met at. And oh, it, uh, I don't know, contains less than 0.3% Delta 9 THC. In my experience, weed that doesn't have high THC, well, and weed that has high THC, just doesn't usually ever taste very good. So it's going to be mm. interesting. Oh, yeah. You said Delta 8 or Delta 9? This is this is Delta 9. What? Yeah. So that's that's and that's the thing is like there is now hemp flower out there mm. that is just grown for low THC. Like right. like specifically. And mm -hmm. so I know I know with your background uh, and for the people that are watching, could you could you possibly I know I did a little bit of an intro. Could you possibly intro yourself <laughs> and like who you are, how you got into reviewing these kinds of products, okay. because I smoke a lot of weed, like right. I got some fire right here, yeah, but, yeah. but this and this are not the same. So please right. lay it on me. What do you do? Why do you do it? And what the heck is going on with the CBD and Delta eight space right now? So I guess for me, it started in like San Antonio, Texas, I was actually out there working at a CBD shop. I was just trying to find my way into the cannabis market. And in 2019 in Texas, the CBD market was, there was no other option. You know what I mean? Unless you moved from Texas, you couldn't get in the cannabis market legally otherwise. So I took this job and the job sucked. It was shit. The, the store was shit. Worst quality CBD, honestly, that was in the area. But the person I worked with at the time and I, we realized like other stores had some better options really. And people say like all CBD is bad. All CBD doesn't get you high, but I think you and I both know, like you can have high quality hemp flour. Like people are growing indoor hemp flour at this point where the flour is quality flour, but yeah, it's not getting you high because the THC percentage. But regardless, I realized that. And I also realized that from an economic standpoint for cannabis to grow, it needs money behind it, you know, and the money that was behind cannabis and still is behind cannabis in a lot of the South and a lot of, and all of, obviously all of Texas is only really hemp dollars. So I was like, no, this, this market needs some type of support, you know, it needs some type of, and at the time, like really like free support, like these companies in order to create revenue, they have to get their name out there. But a lot of these people who are making these companies know nothing about social media, know nothing about Instagram, know nothing about YouTube, don't know the power in which these kind of outlets have or what power these outlets have to get this word out there. So just started churning out videos every day. And it's just grown to me being the person that probably I would say probably definitely talked about Delta 8 on YouTube like the most and has put out the most videos about it and really just because i was talking about everything that was available in texas where i lived at that time and now that i'm doing now that i live out here in illinois i've expanded to legal reviews and stuff like that like what i'm talking about today but 
it really started because I knew there were better options in the store I worked at, and I knew that economically, <laughs> cannabis couldn't like stand in the state of Texas without people knowing about it and there being some type of media presence for it. And I wanted to say, I mean that that that's huge, right? There's just so much. Uh, uh, there's so much press and media that does happen surrounding hemp and CBD and cannabis in the South. Most of it is not educational. Most right. of it doesn't benefit the customer making more intelligent decisions for their health. And right. one thing that was really attracted me to working with you is that just like how I approach cannabis, you per, you do it in a way where there's more intent behind the uses behind it right mm -hmm. just because this doesn't get me high just because it doesn't taste good to me right. doesn't mean that there's not a person out there who doesn't who want like, who actually wants this like there are real i met people in chicago like you and you you brought this to my attention there are people out there that want delta eight that want low levels low dose delta nine or that sure. only want cbd because they like to smoke and they don't want to get, and I quote, too high. Like that's a thing. You don't actually want to get too high. That's a real thing across the world sure. that people, that people actually sure. want. 100%. And it's going to get a larger demographic because they're starting to grow weed to have the highest THC percentage. So that medium is starting to go away with like Delta 9 or illegal cannabis that medium of can I just have something that I can just relax on? That's like, you know, that's kind of in that. 10 it's to like you don't always want to. You don't go buy Everclear, you know, every uh, time, every every time to sip right. on and to shoot. Like if you shoot Everclear, you're super drunk really fast. If you mm -hmm. smoke fire weed every day all the time, you get really high really fast. Yeah. So your tolerance goes up, and then it right. and then you're kind of always chasing a high. And that's exactly. where these kinds of products, man, like, does this, does this joint taste great? No, it doesn't taste like high terpene, organ, sour diesel, sweet, piney goodness. But I'll tell you what, it does taste better than a cigarette. Yeah. And healthier. And it's healthier than a cigarette. Yeah. And it's, and it's healthier than other tobacco products. So right. There are there are numerous benefits to this in terms of THC. And if you're looking at it from a lot of places, um, just if we bring this into kind of the conversation, because it's very important, much cheaper. You bought a pre-roll here. How much was the pre-roll here in Illinois? It was $23 or it was $19 plus tax or $23 plus tax. Exactly. You can get hemp pre-rolls, Delta A pre-rolls, $3, $4. So if we're talking about like from that perspective as well, a lot of people, if they want to be smoking consistently, um, they can't really afford to be trying to go to this venture or this medical recreational or what, just because of the price. Yeah. No, that makes, yeah. that makes a lot. I mean, especially in new markets, it goes back to that previous comment. Like, right. You are living in a state where cannabis isn't legal or in a state where it's new, like newer the last five mm -hmm. years, then right. your taxes are high right yeah. you're still getting price and sticker shock and it's just kind of undeniable that you know these kinds of products although they're not meant to get you as high as the others or high at right. all they yeah. do have a place there is a place for these cannabinoids uh there's the a place industry. that's that's all and a lot of people try to like come at me crazy like oh you've never smoked gas before i don't know what people think, and I'm not really worried about what people think, but I always stress that these products are for somebody and I'm giving the highlights for who I think they're for, you know, because the market is going to dictate what stays at the end of the day. Like yeah. the market will always dictate what stays. If enough people like, cause people like, even they don't like the edibles, they don't like CBD edibles, Delta 8 edibles, whatever. I'm like, well, people, if they're selling this many of them, there's a demographic out there who it's made for. And I can agree a lot of times a lot of the products aren't even made for me. And I even say that in the video, but I try to objectively say like who I, is the product matching the description they gave? Yeah. You know, that's the most important thing to me 
is the description and the product matching because the expectation it can't match anybody's expectation you know what i mean like if people are expecting to get delta nine high they're gonna have to in an illegal state take that risk and just get the illegal product or whatever or in illinois just pay whatever exorbitant prices at the store man that the eighth that i bought the cresco labs yeah $80 8th everybody $80 8th you guys ready for this y'all ready for this this was awesome. $80 8th this is $82 oh my god $82 Cresco and I'll, you and I, we already smoked and we already smoked a blunt out of this. We already yeah. gave our feedback. Y'all can go subscribe to the YouTube channel to see our feedback. It looks like ice cream cake, mm -hmm. and it smells like motherfucking hay. So, yeah. really interesting that the bud smells entirely like hay. You crack the bud, it smells like hay. Sweet hay now. It's like a cure. It's like I think this actually cured better since since I first bought it. I got you. I think the weed has gotten better since I first bought it. Dude, I went to Dispensary 33 when it opened the other day, like at opening. And I'm talking about like 10 people parking in their car because we're in Chicago, so it's cold. But like 10 people parking in their cars just waiting for the door to open. I'm like, now while I was sitting there, they made five, six hundred dollars. It was insane. Wow. Wow. I mean, that that's the thing though, is it's like when weed goes legal, like in these regular states, we already have shoppers' habits, consumer habits, you know? Like, right. like people go to work, they buy stuff in the morning, you know, for the rest of the day. Like America and the world already has shopper habits. Yeah. So these dispensaries, they got to be able to provide solutions, you know, answers, uh, uh, customer service, products, deals, promos, excitement right. in the morning, at night, at lunch, all that stuff. And um, I'll be honest, I've been to two dispensaries uh, in my two trips to Chicago. Mm. Um, Mocha North. In March and yeah. Sunnyside, uh, this March, last you have been there. It had been legal two months in March. <laughs> yeah, I went there right away. It was a forty-five minute yeah. wait in the forty-degree weather. It was cold as right. shit. Right. And there was no, there was like very few deals available. Oh yeah, there's no deals in here. Yeah. And then uh, on this last visit, yeah, though, I mean, bro, there was like I tried buying beverages and some joints. Bro, the dispensary had all these products on the wall and shit. None of them available in inventory. Yeah. Yeah, it was so frustrating. So frustrating. But luckily, the homies over at Indica Loud, uh, a Delta Aid company, they hooked it up with a bunch of diamonds and sauce. And so without further ado, I'm going to dabba dabba do ya. See how it goes. See how it goes on the Puffco for show. I just recently picked up this Puffco, everybody. Check it out. Super easy. Two times. I got it set on the low one for us. Nice and easy. I got to get a different little cap, but it's dope. This the, the, They're cool. They're dope. They're no, dope. They're, they're definitely convenient. Every now and then, because I have one too, every now and then I miss the rig, though. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I'm still gonna use the rig. I got it. Over here. The <laughs> I don't corner. have a rig right now. I don't think. No, I don't have a rig. All I have is the puff coat. But every now and then, I I miss lightning nail type shit. Botanical terpenes taste like candy. The flavor on this is uh, blueberry Kush. It's just a little harsh on the flavor, man. I could have done with half as many, much terpenes 
Yeah, yeah. And I still would have got the blueberry taste, you know? That's how that's how it is. That's how it really, that's how it is a lot, of say. Um, we got a couple comments going on on the YouTube right now. Just want to shout yeah, out to all the people watching and hanging out with us. Um, we've got uh Bankroll Blanco, Loud Pack University. You already know what's good, man. Twin Pyramid, appreciate you always tapping in, bro. Uh, most weeds sold, not cured. I disagree with that. Uh, most of the weed that I buy in Washington State definitely cured before it's sold. That's why Washington is typically known to have the best weed at the best price versus having just the best weed across the board. California has the best weed across the board. What time of year I got to go to Washington? I heard it's always nasty out there. Now nah, you want to go there in like you want to go there in like July, August for sure. July, August. Yeah, July, August. You get out there. It's nice and warm. Um, you know, you get the you get the last end of the spring harvest weed, and you get the summer weed. Summer weed in Washington is a little tricky though, because depending on the grow, like depending on the brand and their real estate, their grow situation. Sometimes weed, weed in Washington gets a little seedy during the summer because it, it does get hot. Global warming is a real thing up there. Yeah. I mean, it's a real thing everywhere, but like you really be seeing the damage like yeah. year after year and shit. And um, it's just very apparent that when it gets very hot, a lot of the indoor grows tend to get a little seed stress. Um, gotcha. So that's been really interesting to see. But I mean, the weed, a lot of the weed out there is, in my opinion, is really good. Um, it's just the genetics are not as, uh, um, I mean, exotic, exotic mics out there, you know, exotic genetics and shits out there, but you know, for, for every, for every Washington highly respected, you know, geneticist or cultivator, yeah. like there's like 15 in Cali and another five or 10 in fucking Colorado, you know? Colorado is interesting. I stayed out in Colorado for a while, and like you and I talked about this last weekend, they definitely have cultivated for every price range, and like some of the, but some of the low price range shit really should not be sold. No, not at all. This one smells. This one's called strawberry cough. It smells like maple syrup. Like you guys, I just want to show you guys. Like, what this Delta H shit looks like, okay? Like, it's distillate. I think this is distillate with diamonds and sauce in it. Yeah, that's usually how it is. Because it has to be distillate and then they reintroduce, like, whatever else they add. See that? Look at that. That's just a giant mess. Always, Delta A dabs a mess. <laughs> why? 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 Because it, it's distillate. It's always distillate. Oh my! God. And they just mix other shit with it. I've only seen like I've only seen like one company actually be able to get like shatter, like actual like Delta A shatter. It's not common at all. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! This is really interesting because the the dabs smell like syrup, and so I'm just concerned. Um, I also I feel people say the CBD and the Delta Nine joint. I feel a body high. Mm. Yeah, for sure on this Delta Nine joint. And then that first dab of Delta Eight Blueberry Kush, like I yeah. feel, I feel a body high. You had a good, you had a good size one too. Yeah, I feel, I feel body high for sure. You know, the that. other, the other positive is that this company here is called Hemp Rolls. Mm -hmm. um, they, I mean, the joint didn't make my stomach upset, and I have smoked. Like I have smoked countless regular strains of weed. Right. Tasted horrible and made my stomach upset. Yeah. It's probably overall not too bad. I mean, that's so promising. Far. Like I told yeah. I told you I said I'd give it a try, and as long as it didn't taste like absolute trash, like I'd smoke right. it. <laughs> shit. The I perspective mean, also that for me living in legal state, back to illegal state, back to legal state, whatever, like hopping back and forth that I have is people in illegal states and 
I would say most of America at this point still don't dab a lot. No. I think dabbing, it's a very, very, very niche thing. And YouTube will make you seem like it, make it seem like everybody's dabbing, but that's not the case. Like you said, they don't even really sell dabs here in the dispensaries like that. Nah. I was really surprised by that too because yeah, it's like you guys got all that boo-fast flour over there. <laughs> At least turn that shit into some fucking average oil and then let me buy it for average prices. Like, come on, man. I was ready to drop. I went, bro. Sunnyside, I hope you watch this. I went into your store ready to drop $300. You didn't have $300 worth of shit I could buy. Like, come on. Like, I haven't real. been there yet. I don't, I don't think I've been there yet. I can promise you that. If it's I have, wait, did you go into like a waiting room and there was like an iPad right there? No. Okay. Because I went to one like that and it had like four flower choices, five flower choices. You click on Indica, it had nothing. I was like, I experienced what you experienced in another dispensary though. Like the menus just aren't, even dispensary 33 probably had the biggest one and it wasn't like, it still wasn't a ton to be honest. Yeah, I mean, like, like look, one, two, three, four five like there wasn't even five options at that place <laughs> you would have to get no nah, i swear and some of them do they really like straight medical in terms of like they have like a lot of oils and shit like that they didn't even have that like again i just need i just need i just need a little bit of flour that's good uh -huh. a little bit of oil that's good and it's been tough. let me tell you what i did try was i tried one of these um humble apothecary sativa tablets today dude just 10 milligrams oh you did that that shit was nice yeah it worked just 10 milligrams yeah i did have a little bit of caffeine but that shit was like overall really nice. That's dope. Yeah, those oh, those yeah. uh, I had one of those a f a, probably a few weeks back, and I I mm. smoked indicas in the morning and gelatos. So and did I, but still it helped me focus. Yeah, really enjoyed. I really enjoyed those kinds of products, and 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 that again that's kind of goes back to this point of this delta eight talk and THC. I think there's a product for everybody, for all mm. types of consumers, and. I don't think that cannabis and the mindset and the culture that cannabis brings to the table, THC products, you know, yeah. legal THC products, I don't think that they're for everybody anymore. I don't think that weed is for everybody. I've discovered that yeah. there's a lot of people out there that have adverse reactions to the highs, to the terps, to the THC. And although I don't necessarily agree with it, I think that I think that it's important. I think that it's important that we still like remember that again, kind of like what you said, there is a whole group of people out there that don't want to get that high. And yeah. it's really important that we, uh, um, they might, the crazy thing is they might be the majority. I think there are more people out there that are not <laughs> that cannabis friendly. Yeah. And not even that cannabis friendly that just can't be like stone. I think there's a minority of people who can operate day to day and be efficient stone. As I've gotten older, I think that's a minority of people. Do I think that there's a cannabis product for everybody at a given time? Absolutely. I think like when people have certain ailments, people go through certain things, like there's a cannabis product for them at that time. But for consistent daily use, um, you see what I'm saying? Like, I think yeah. that's a minority of people who that's uh, the best option for, probably. I I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I I I, I definitely believe that there is um, a large portion of the population out there that doesn't that doesn't want cannabis, that doesn't need it. That that you know, it's just like me. I didn't really like cilantro. It's random. I didn't like cilantro for a long time. I didn't like certain mm -hmm. flavors of things, and it wasn't until I got to a certain age where it just changed one day. And so Bro, people, somebody commented that on my channel today. They're like, I found it at 41 
after I w- retired and stuff like that. Like people find all types of shit at different stages of their life. So it's it's just wild to to think that some people never smoke. I get that. Like it is wild to think about, but at the same time, it's it's reality that a lot of people have either certain attitudes towards it, have no interest in it. And that's really what I was thinking about earlier. Um, when I, we were talking about, let's say, for example, the $75, $80 eighth. If you're somebody where eighth lasts you a month, with which there are a lot of people like that. There are a lot of people who just hit a one hitter every time, who just hit a little pipe like every single time to where eighth can last in like three weeks to a month. Then 80 is not that bad. You know what I'm saying? But if you're a yeah. consistent smoker and you need an eighth a day, then 80 is bad. <laughs> so, like, that that's the two spectrums to where, like, um, a lot of people don't really need that much weed because they, or they use a dryer vaporizer. I use this, like, air riser right here a lot. And you can put, like, 0. 0.2, 0. 0.3 in this bag shit, and it'll fill up the bag three, four times and get you stoned. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you don't need. I, eighth, if I just use this, could last me a couple weeks, probably, and it would be most efficient. But wow, yeah, yeah. See, that for me, I can't do anything that slow. I can't either. Trust I'm me, smoke, I'm smoking half gram joints or full gram joints, or exactly. I I feel you, but at the same time, we have to always remember. Or I try to get people who are in the marketing space for cannabis to always remember. That like if you're on the real stoner spectrum or side of the spectrum, you have to remember that there's a lot of like, there's probably more occasional users than there are like yeah. day-to-day stoners. That's a very, very important feedback. There is definitely got to be more occasional stoners in the day-to-day, making people like us the true minority the, of, of the cannabis industry. Exactly. Um, I've been saying something similar like this for a long time that I believe there's more people out there that don't smoke weed that are being introduced to it that than there are that do. Uh, as cannabis started to legalize, I think people started to realize that that became more and more true, right? Yeah. Like there are just so many people out there that know about weed, but they don't really <coughs> know about it yet. And yeah, as people we, are, we got, I got older and people learn like people care about the law. Like, I don't know, I, like, that was something that clicked in my head as I got older. Damn, people really, like, the law actually really matters to them. I don't know if that makes sense or if that sounds crazy, what I'm saying. But when I was smoking weed, like, growing up or anything, I was never really thinking about the fact that it was illegal, I guess. And maybe yeah. that was just me. I don't know if that makes Does that make sense? Like, no, I, I mean, it, it, it does. I mean, it it does make sense though, bro, because like we come from, we come from, we come from different cultures, but similar cultures. Right. And we come from different, different uh, demographics, different generations. Like you five years younger than me too. So it's like who we hang out with, what we do and what's normal in those, you know, to to us and those people is different. What I was, what was normal to me, what was normal to me and Kent, uh, I was just giving somebody example, like last night, like, you know, you know what it's like to find heroin in someone's car? You know what it's like to find smoked pills in someone's bedroom? Most yeah. people don't. But if yeah. you are in a city or an area that is destroyed or ravaged by opiates and yeah. pills and heroin, then, yeah, that life becomes regular. And so you kind of get lost in that sauce of normality, right? This right. Old skew of normality. And so that's kind of the same thing in cannabis where – if you surround yourself by just people who think like you, who act like you, who smoke like you, who talk about weed like you, who dab, well, then how do you really ever get to meet and hear the other side and the other groups and the other people? Exactly. Right? The majority. Essentially <laughs> the majority. To, yeah. Essentially, especially in a place like where I was living in Texas or whatever, for sure the majority. In a legal space, it's different. Like people are trying weed as like an option, but people are still like i know people and like in my family who are still like scared to walk into like cbd stores because of how people view them and stuff like that shit is taboo for sure 
Like there are like people are legitimately afraid to be seen walking out of a dispensary. For sure. That is they a are, huge issue. They are legitimate. And then not only that, but if you are African American, if you are a black or brown person in this country, you yeah. might also be a little fearful in a state All like right. this, right? Yeah. Like I walking, I know I remember that walking out of a like when I used to go buy Swishers at a gas station. Yeah. The smoke spent. shop is a dangerous spot in Texas because it's like it's like, why are you there? The only reason you're there is because you like weed. And so they could just poke people outside of smoke shops and shit like that if they wanted to. And that's and that's a thing. Like that is straight up profiling, not just stoners, yeah. that's racial profiling in its finest, 100%. especially yeah. in a state like Texas. And yeah. And that's where it's like, you know, we, we I wanted to be one of the people and working with you as well. And one of the people in the space that helps bring awareness that number one, there's more to cannabis than just smoking and getting high. We right. smoke and we inspire other people. We educate, we inform. Yeah. And also at the same time, we smoke for recreation a little bit. Like right. <laughs> we choose, we choose to, to have fun a certain way compared to other people as well. Yeah. So for you, I, I want to get back to some of the so to some of the the experiences in terms of your background, your reviews, okay. things like that. Um, you've reviewed over three hundred and fifty <laughs> products that you've said. Uh, you've yeah. done over five hundred videos in two years. Yeah, it's a lot of content, man. For sure. It's, Do you have? It, is there any products or brands that really, really stood out as of recently that's fresh on your mind? Um. To be honest, I'm starting to get more into the cannabis tech space also, at least like the stuff surrounding it. So for example, I'm about to start doing like reviews and stuff like that for these, that this company that makes these nice like smell proof silver lined bags and stuff like that. I like this type of stuff, like lifestyle weed shit also. I don't know. So to get away from kind of just like products as well, so if I'm talking about products specifically, um, the HHC stuff that you saw at the conference, people are like super excited about. And that's across brands. That's why you saw every single table had HHC at that. Um, because people are just, these labs are constantly finding ways to get hemp products into different cannabinoids and then getting them on the shelf. So that's kind of the way of the channel. If that's, because that's the, like the companies I work with and stuff like that. That's the products they're going to be giving me are the newest ones that are coming out, you know? So yeah, I yeah. can't even really get to anticipate what I'm going to get because you never know which way the market's going to go. Um, but like I said, like bag stuff like that, I've been talking about this air riser some, I like this air riser as well. Can you, can you show bag. that to us real quick? Can you show this to hold of us? For sure. So this is what it looks like. You can change the bottom color, whatever, but it's just the chamber here. This is how much flour it takes, dude. It's crazy. Like you see like where it stops, like in there, like that's how much flour I have. That'll be able to fill up this bag like three times with vapor. And like, that's enough to get me like lit for real. So that's why I like it a lot, really, because of how much it can save you. And it's convenient because it also has the whip system too. If I wanted it, like um, the hose, you've seen those dryer yeah. vaporized like tabletops with the hose. Yeah, it also is like that as well. It can do a lot of different shit. But that's dope. Like that's it. super dope. So you're getting into the tech space. You've you've been reviewing Delta Eight, CBD, Delta Nine for the last two years. Yeah. Now obviously, in terms of the flower, uh, in those spaces, and even the oil. Uh, the flour is usually not so terpy in terms of, oh my gosh, that tastes like gelato. Oh my gosh. Right. That like, these are CBG strains. These are Delta eight strains. Right. These are CBDs, hemp, uh, less than a half percent of terpenes typically on most of the flour. Um, and then the oil, as we mentioned, you know, a lot of it is distillate mixed with diamonds, right? Yeah. And a splash of botanical terpenes for the flavor effects. So for you, um, do you like, is there a, is there a series of trusted brands that consumers, you know, that you can co-sign for, um, are there CBD and hemp brands in the country right now that you're like, you know what, these guys deliver, you know, damn near every single time. So 
for a product like in Texas, it would for sure have to be like Hometown Hero. I don't know if you've ever heard of Hometown Hero, but they're like probably one of the bigger Delta A distributors in the state of Texas. And they're the ones fighting also to keep like one of the big forces fighting to keep Delta 8 legal down there. But since they're in Austin and Austin is where like a lot of the testing labs, I think there's only like a couple in Texas, maybe even one um, to where like they even have. So all of our, a lot of our stuff is sent out of state or shipped from all around the country, you know, like coming into Texas, like all those people that you saw at the conference last week, they ship into Texas for sure. Like that Texas law affected every single company in there. Yeah. Um, so because of that, I would say Hometown Hero, I've been working with a company called Binoid a lot. They're on the cutting edge, like forefront of all the new cannabinoids coming out. Like they're usually the first ones that are like tapped in with that. And with that being said, it is a little bit scary. It always is a little bit scary, even for me t- taking like trying some of these products, because I like to know how it. I don't know. The biggest thing is I like to see the COA stuff like that and how it just makes me feel because some of the cannabinoids, um, they feel all right. Some of them, the effects are like a lot different because of how um, they're diluted or whatever. So it's just, it's interesting seeing kind of like the evolution with the cannabinoids and where it's going to end up and how many of these will really be around. I guess when Delta nine and legality on a federal level kind of happens. Um, but sorry to get back to your original question. Cause there's a lot of companies, but I would say like Binoid, I've liked Pally a lot in the past. They have a live resin Delta eight. I said hometown hero. Um, so, so you, you anticipate federal legalization having significant impact on the Delta Delta eight space, the Delta nine spaces across the country. The cannabis space as a whole, the whole mm-hmm. cannabis space, a huge, huge thing. I think, um, I think shipping capability of cannabis will like change it. Like interstate shipping, like legal interstate shipping of it will change things like such a drastic yeah. amount that I don't think, I don't think it'll be positive, but I think it'll change it like everything else. And then as the, when the U.S. becomes federally legal, that'll be like a tipping point for most westernized countries as well and then once we're talking about international shipping of cannabis and stuff like that we're talking about like a whole different type of thing than we've ever seen weed be before if that makes sense because well it does i mean that that's that's that's, it's accurate right we we don't have the systems in place for that currently um only one what are we gonna do to get like how do we fill that demand it's it's and not only that too, but uh, is is the demand for cannabis here versus there going to different? Are we is someone in Chicago? This is the this is the age old question. Is someone in Illinois or Houston can, going to continue to spend more money on a brand or product from California or from Oregon or from Colorado or from wherever? If if people don't really pay more money now for celebrity products, are they still going to pay an increased price because it has that NorCal attachment to it? That Humboldt name, that Bay, that Bay area indoor grown, right? Absolutely not. I don't believe so either. They're going to order whatever is the most convenient option. So if that's Amazon, if that's Amazon Apothecary, <laughs> then it's going to be Amazon Apothecary. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be convenience because people don't order. Like, even when it comes to weed, you and I talked about this the other day, and it was a very interesting point. Like, people don't even care about quality in so many instances. You have to think, like, the most popular beers be Bud Light fucking course that is the best example of the fact that people don't care about quality in my opinion like there's so many quality beer options they, they care about consistency that. and then a qualitative association at a price point for sure so convenience it's that it's that psycho that psychology of i'm paying um 21 for an 18 rack of beer okay and 
is this quality worth a dollar per can? Am I drunk right. enough consistently per can per dollar, right? Right. In weed, it's hard for that to copy over because of our body's chemistry being different. Alcohol versus THC, different right. for our chemistry. So I, I, I'm in agreement with you that the um, I don't believe that people will continue to overspend on cannabis that A, has celebrity attachments, B, has hyper-local, hyper-regional valuation applied to it. Um, right. You and I might drink wine once a year, once every five years, once every 10 years here and there. And that doesn't necessarily make us the everyday weed or the wine consumer, right. but it makes us wine friendly and it makes us a part of that market. Right. Right. And so I say that because there are always going to be more people out there than us in this For weed sure. world. Like For we sure. are a long ways away from having cannabis be anywhere near where alcohol or where international distribution or just national domestic distribution is really happening and but also when weed becomes completely normal will there be a culture for it still part of the will there will there be the same type of culture that we've been having forever for weed when it's just daily in and out of everybody's lives man I I'm of the belief that a lot of the, the legacy people, a lot of the OGs, as cool as they are in person and as cool as they are in the community, as powerful and as impactful as many of them are, yeah. a lot of the culture that they created, they actually fail to make sure that it's still intact. And so I ask, yeah, again, people look to me and thank me all the time, like, man, you're, you know, you do so much for this and that. And I'm think, sitting there thinking to myself, like, I could use a little help around here. I'm not an OG in this game. I'm a young gun. I'm, I'm you four years ago. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like I got to put together events and come up with sessions and, and dab things because, because just the general stigma from the legacy is that the wreck stuff isn't for them. Like, yeah. it's tough for me. There is a lot of... Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of angst. There's a lot of dislike, disgruntledness. There's a lot of this projected, I don't even want to work with the rock world from some of the legacy people. And it just creates a culture that uh, right now is just disconnected because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, and then because a little bit of that general, I'd say, legacy stigma versus the wreck. People, and I saw this a lot, um, Grant, over like, MJ Biz, there was so much hate on LinkedIn about MJ Biz happening during Croptober. And it's mm -hmm. like, you, you know, everyone's so quick to jump on people and to, to try to protect the legacy cannabis, this and the OGs, that. But what about people that also have a business that they're trying to run too? Yeah. Like, we're all, we just, we all just went through a, a pandemic and had to adjust things and switch things up. And, you know, the, for a lot of the people that are, um that are cultivators and out out there you know y'all already knew mj biz wasn't really the place for you unless you were going to raise money or unless you were going right. to go spend some money buying equipment that was going to potentially make your job better or easier or to improve yield or results right mj biz is for very people always yeah, yeah man. people always find something they complain there's, about that there's always something and people always run their mouth about mj biz man i'm tired of all that shit man but it's, it's the just most it's so powerful, bro. It's the most powerful yeah. event every year. Like, I got you. I haven't been yet. We gotta get. We gotta get you out there and all these other people out back out there too. And there's gotta be more more value for the growers. More value for things. You know, one there. There's definitely avenues to improve upon this stuff. And I'll give you an example. You and I have never been given a handbook for how to be citizens in the U.S. Do you know what you can get pulled over for or everything? You know what you, you know where, when to jaywalk and when you can't? I don't. Yeah, no. I know no citizen's handbook for me in the United States. So yeah. imagine if there was more resources for people trying to be getting into cannabis, how to build their business, people to know resources that are available that can be trusted. 
you know, it's one of those things where, you know, if there was an event in Chicago or Houston or Vegas at MJ Biz, and it was dedicated to these legacy people or to minorities and people of color where we can, we can help provide more resources and provide connections. Yeah. Then there's less reasons to bitch and complain about legacy access to the rec space. Like, yeah, man, it's taxed hella for everybody, bro. Like, yeah. you just bought an eighty-three dollar eighth. Like, that sucks for everybody. Yeah. But that's just the way the laws are set up. Like, that's nobody's fault. Um, no one, I, no one person's fault for sure. No one person's fault. But when, because when the laws are set up to where everything has to be extremely expensive and just the government wins, everybody's still just going to be like squabbling with themselves about who can sell like what product and at what price point and all that type of stuff and whether like the quality is going to hold up or whatever. It, but that's what I mean is the cannabis culture going to stay, stay there because I feel like a lot of the cannabis culture was surrounded around the fact that it's illegal mostly. Um, most places and um, I'm just talking about on a national scale. I think it's going to become very like businessy, just part of your everyday life. Yeah, you don't really think about it. I don't think that that's businessy. Uh, you know what I do? I go to concerts and I smoke weed. I don't need anybody from the cannabis industry to tell me to do that. For sure not. There's nobody from the legacy market or or from this new rack industry market that's going to concerts and telling telling anybody else you know passing this around like people are already yeah. doing what you're talking about where we're from washington's weed washington's weed and oregon's weed has been legal-ish since 2015 and 2016 and 2017. Yeah. Since 2017 since 2014 2015 and then you got yeah. updating in cali all the way back to 96. i mean his dispensary's been around since 1996. i was five years old Right. Yeah. So for me, you know, I, I, I really am of the belief that well, this is that pancake dab. Okay. The one that smelled like syrup, strawberry coffee. Yeah. Syrup. I'm really of the belief that what you're saying is already happening, but mm -hmm. there are a lot of people still fighting the fight. And to anybody watching the episode, it's very important that if you guys want to be going to cool events and <laughs> doing dab bars, trying RSO brownies at an event, you know, getting to drink mocktails and high tails and all the different kinds of cannabis infusions and creations, then you've got to be creative and take the leap yourself. Okay. In Washington state, I was one of the people that was breaking the law and doing private events and secret stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, our team was also doing it. We also partnered with other people to get it off the ground. Do I sit here and encourage you guys to go break the law? No, I'm encouraging you guys to find creative ways to keep the culture alive. That's what we got to do. Yeah. That's what we got to do. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, like, the market, the market levels out because I'm even curious to see for smoke lounges. Um, it is remaining to, like, it's remaining to see whether the consumer really truly enjoys a smoke lounge like whether you can just smoke there, whether it needs to have like other amenities, like what needs to be going on, whether it needs to be indoor, outdoor. We still don't have the, the model for it yet, in my opinion. Cannabis. Everywhere else doesn't have the model, but here right. and in Oregon, it does. So okay. there's already been a successful lounge here. It already mm -hmm. failed, though. It was successful and then it failed. There's a that can have that is two different things that can 100% happen at the same time. Right. They were going, it? going, going, and then they had they ran a poor business, and that business that they ran at, at that point then changed. Yeah. Now, but it wasn't because they were running poor cannabis business, they ran a poor business, and so the cannabis side of the lounge was fine, but the business side of what they were doing, they was sell fun. cannabis at it. It was a cannabis lounge, legal, recreational no, sales, okay, recreational sales, sales, a restaurant inside, the ability to rent uh, or use devices inside, branded spaces, big Cali brands. But this is where they went wrong. They did not have good business SOPs in place. 
that would be in place if it was an OSHA standard or if it was some kind of true restaurant or yeah. non-cannabis atmosphere. Okay. Yeah. And so that's where, again, I'm of the belief that when the regular world comes in and people who know how to do lounges, who come from rec and tourism in Vegas, they are not going to have a problem doing it the right way with the best. I think it's going, going to have to be included in what's already there. I Correct. think in Vegas, there, it has to be at the resort. I don't even think in Vegas it can it can be in Vegas specifically. It can be a separate place where people just go and smoke. But I think the best model has to be included in where people are already like living day to day, like or like staying when they go to Vegas. And shit. It's both. It's yeah. both. You got to look at where New yeah. York, the law already says it's the first place in the country where you can smoke cannabis anywhere that cigarettes are allowed to be smoked. Oklahoma like that, too. But yeah, hundred percent across the state. Well, at least Oklahoma City was. In interesting. I know Seattle, Oregon, and Washington, and uh, Washington, Oregon, and California. You yeah. still have general fire code laws where, yeah. where you have to smoke twenty five feet away from a building, like in a, any right. kind of actual establishment or business. And so it's it's very tough. Uh, without throwing a private event or whatever it is, and then you think smoking. Now, this is the thing. This is why you are correct. But New York times Oklahoma times Vegas, it's really the best of all those worlds. You already can do cannabis edibles and cannabis beverages. Uh, and that has no issues to do with fire code, right? That's There mm -hmm. should be no issues. That's just liquor licenses versus cannabis licenses. Mm -hmm. So in terms of like a rec and tourism hotel, resort, Cancun, Puerto Rico, just wherever states that are legal. The issue is that you technically can't have cannabis for sale in the same place that alcohol alcohol is for sale. Gotcha. So when that gets figured out, that's going to be immediately changed to where what you're saying, the resorts will carry it. You'll see seltzers available. The first thing you'll see is there will be literally resorts will have THC beverages like vending machines yeah. with just 21 plus cannabis seltzer stuff. Because people don't want to... Because people don't want to feel like cigarette people, honestly, where they have to be like separated away from everybody. I tell people that I'm like, you can't have people just there smoking. Like, and vaping is actually very intrusive into other people's spaces. Um, yeah. People think it's just you blow it into the air and it dissipates, and that's just not how it goes. And so, right. you actually, you know, a lot of the laws in place across the country do not allow vaping in businesses either. And so, uh, it comes down again to fire code. And so you are going to end up thinking that edibles, beverages, tinctures, topicals, things like that are always going to be allowed inside. And yeah. everything else is going to have to be at least, you know, a solid 10, 10, like 10 yards away from the building. Yeah. I guess in that culture also, what I was talking about earlier, a big thing is that the, when cannabis tourism like kind of goes away, um, that that's going to be interesting too, with how much stuff is set up for cannabis, like cannabis as. What do you mean cannabis tourism? Legal, when it's illegal in all fifty states, fewer people are going to travel places just to smoke weed. I I would almost guarantee, like fewer people are going to, like so many people travel all the way across the country just to get to smoke weed in some places. Now, that's not going to be as much of a thing. See other see can and I and I don't want to incorrectly quote uh, quote cannabis tourism and the the rec and tourism mm -hmm. cannabis marketing associations that exist, but uh, just like people travel around to see baseball in fifty states, people right. travel around to see cannabis in fifty states, and they definitely. Sure. Uh, I I know for myself, I go, I only travel to states where cannabis is legal. Uh, yeah. I don't have any interest in going but I'm on. saying when all 50 states are legal is what I'm saying. Like when federal legal legalization happens, fewer people are going to like so many, like California gets an unbelievable amount of people from Texas that are going to California for weed, like specifically just for weed. And if weed was already completely legal in Texas, that would be a sizable loss to California in terms of like their weed market, I'm telling you, like people. Oh no, it, you're are, you're right. The uh, as soon as cannabis legalized in some of the other states surrounding, you know, Washington, like Wisconsin Texas, here, yeah, like, like Wisconsin, people drive down from Wisconsin all the time to get weed in 
Okay. Yeah. And then if so, if that stops, like once that starts to level out, we're going to really have to see, you know what I'm saying? We're going to really have to see where these, because some of these people are really, some of these stores in Colorado or some of these stores in California are really centric around tourism, I guess is what I'm saying. And people travel well, they, from other they, places. They make a lot of money there. currently on tourism. I don't think right. any company in cannabis is really centered on any one thing yet, except for- Not centered, but- They, they just exist They just exist and make money on these people right now because they exist right. really. Unfortunately, I haven't met many dispensaries that know who their demographic is that they make a lot of their money on and yeah. then the, the other five demographics and then also executing on that like i don't see that very often i see here and there bits and pieces maybe you do this but not that peanut butter no jelly like maybe peanut butter jelly but no milk kind of thing you know like <laughs> two thirds of the way but i very rarely see people that do it across the board i mean and what's funny is that the ones that typically were known for doing good trainings or trying or marketing, you know, like they're on trial, like literally today, like, you know, MedMen's being dragged, uh, the MSOs that are in, in the various states, um, you know, not to hate on Sunnyside there in Illinois, but for being a big MSO with funding and well-branded and all those products, Budtender didn't know much whatsoever. And gotcha. it just goes into, you know, a store can open and can be, people can be trained in the two weeks leading up, up, like up to the store. Yeah. Or, and they can be trained at a high level or a low level. Uh, and it's just very clear that in cannabis, it's just low level training, get to market first to win money the fastest and then scale, yeah. scale, scale. That's the American way. And so we can't fall out of, of thinking that the cannabis business isn't going to exist the exact same way that all American business has, because that's how it's always, that's how it's existed. Yeah, I, I hear the you. first to market wins. The first to market plus decent quality. It doesn't have to be top quality, but first to market plus decent quality is like a powerful combination. I agree. I agree. It's a, it's undeniable. It's undeniable that the MSOs that got into the other states first, that all they had to do was just be decent and people would buy it and, and be impressed. I mean, look at this. It's not a bad looking jar and you can't tell that this is mids inside of it right now. But at the end of the day, mids sold by Sunnyside River North mids, mids by Sunnyside. Got him. Gotcha, Cresco. Gotcha, man. Holding you all accountable. Man, this has been a good episode with you, bro. I appreciate you hanging oh, yeah. out, chatting. We gotta do this more often. For sure. I've been yeah. taking some. I've been taking some uh, CBD and Delta Eight THC dabs and shit. I don't. Yeah, I've, been, I've been smoking some of this Florida Orange from Revolution. And it's actually not bad. I can't. How was it? Talk, talk to me. What, what's your uh, What's your score out of ten on the taste test? On the taste test. Dude, because it's called Florida Orange, the very knowledgeable, actually, person at at Dispensary 33, the bud tender, um, she was like, it tastes just like, about a lot of things, but about the taste, she was like, it tastes just like orange peels, and that shit tastes literally just like orange peels. It smells, honestly, though, just like CBD. It smells like CBD, because I've had, like, a cherry wine CBD that's very sweet. And this, and like kind of like tangy with this orange taste smell to it, and it smells like that as well. But I'm gonna give it like eight and a half out of ten because I'm not the biggest fan of the orange, but it matches perfectly with the name. Yeah, I mean, I at that point, may not be for yeah. you, right? But right. still, you want orange taste that's perfect. Yeah, still, <laughs> but it's a nice indica, though, dude. Nice indica. Yeah, I'm saying you look a little stormy baloney. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I've been enjoying it. Definitely. I like it. Well, man, before we get on out of here, uh, I wanted to give you the opportunity to to share any information about you know the cannabis library for the people. Um, anything that you have going on, coming up, where the people can follow you at, all that good stuff. So, 
coming up. There's a lot more reviews, a lot more Chicago-centric reviews as well. You can find me at the Cannabis Library on YouTube. And if you look there, I have about four channels listed. Feel free to subscribe to all those. You can find me at the Cannabis Library underscore on Instagram or at who is GPAT on all Instagram or all platforms. You can find me at who is GPAT. Turf sneeze. Turf sneeze. Oh yeah. So I think that's that's pretty much everything I want to shout out for now. Cool. I appreciate you guys. Man, hey, good good looks, bro. Everybody go follow Grant Patterson, uh oh, yeah. the cannabis library. Um, please be sure to go subscribe, search for his channels. There's a few of them out there. Tap in. He's got a lot of good content coming. There's a lot of videos already up there. If you guys are interested in getting more uh, familiar with Delta 8, CBD, Delta 9, HHC, all the different good things. Um, we have some content coming up as well, so be sure to stay tuned, tap in, talk that shit in the comments. Please be sure to save the video, like, follow, subscribe, and I will see y'all on the next episode. Thank you again, everybody. Jay Ping, Grant Patterson. Yep, GP. See y'all later. Peace.